Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. For this week's episode, we got to spend time with the band O Future. Not only are they brilliant writers and producers, but they also do all of the amazing art that you see in their photos as well as their videos. I hope that you enjoy our chat. Welcome to Why Not Both, where we're talking about precocious American children in contrast to growing up in South Africa. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing though, because how then did... Because you said there was almost like a several year delay. It's like a it's like a tape delay. Like, what was that like when then you encountered what the weird heck we were doing over here? Yeah, I mean, like that's like the thing. Like, so I mean, you know, I would say like by nineteen ninety eight, like you know, and like uh, you know, kind of then we start. We had uh, this satellite TV came up, right? So like because. Before then, we only had three channels. Ah. Right? So, so 1998, then, then that was the first time, you know, we were like seeing like, like MTV and stuff. I mean, McDonald's only arrived, and I know this, mm -hmm. in 2001. It's the good memory. No, it was a big deal. Like we went there as kids and it was like, oh my God, it's McDonald's. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, it's so American, you know? And like, it was a big deal. And there were like lines around the block, you know? This oh my like, God. Yeah, I mean, it was like a big deal. So it was kind of like, had this, but it, South Africa, sorry, I'm kind of, it's kind of like got the same. There's this similarities to American life mm -hmm. and like Australians, I would mm -hmm. assume like it's like you drive it's lots of space nature and malls we have lots of malls and you don't and you don't you know and we don't have like so in that way it's the same and when I first we first the first time I came to America was with my parents when we went this sounds very bougie and it is but we I mean I don't know but I, I mean for the Kardashians it's fine yeah, no, okay fine yeah fine <laughs> I mean, and and it's not like we're still, yeah. So at that point, my parents um, had money and things like this. And, you know, and my parents had a big thing also to take us like overseas and things like, like, it's kind of a weird thing. Like just a side note, sorry, I sometimes will go off onto these things, but it's, um, you know, when we were going, like when my parents were, when you would go, when you would go overseas, it's like mm -hmm. a big thing because it takes 48 hours sometimes to get yeah. you know what I mean it's like wild and and it costs so much and all this stuff but when you come uh, from there and you're coming across the seas 
like it was very important for the for my family because we don't have because of apartheid and all this stuff the cultural life was stopped right so we don't have mm -hmm. mu museums i mean we only got the african museum three years ago wow right? we like we have like state museums right like in each capital ish but it's not like at any you know we don't have the collections we don't so it's like you come from a country that's like america in 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 age right it's about the same yeah age. Yeah, yeah yeah but it doesn't have i mean it has the culture but because of apartheid it's kind of strange the cultural life because it was stamped out we don't really have like yeah, it's it's a strange. Oh. Thing. So you don't have you don't have museums and yeah, symphonies I mean, and uh, yeah. Well, that's when you met and theaters. Thank and you to the to the European. Yeah, I <laughs> am. Like, well, you don't well, have it. No, I mean, no, but it's no, but it's true. Like you know, like marrying Jens or you know being in Denmark a lot or going to Copenhagen and stuff or meet, meeting people from there that have been to South to South Africa and the first thing they say is like culturally where are all your things i was like wow no. apartheid kind of, kind of like you know with a nationalist fascist you know they kind of tend to kill that kind of stuff but sorry that was a digression no that was i'm fascinated by that like i i actually had chills when you said that that it's like they kill those cultural artifacts because that's where so many of like our emotional memories live is in our arts and like to come from a place devoid of arts in that way because they've been stamped out and now to be interviewing you because you're an artist i was like Hua? <laughs> like, yeah, i mean like that's i mean that's like the the, the thing i mean we, we have some greater artists that have come out but like of course they they don't really get build a name there they kind of have to just leave wow <laughs> like, you know so it's kind of like i mean we do have some big names and in, in uh, not big names but you know in terms yeah, I mean, that's like the thing, you know, like when I speak to how the country was and stuff, you know, the TV only came in 1975. Wow. Okay, that's crazy. You know, like when I say that, like just your your image per perception, your, you know, the the all all press and news and newspaper was run by the government. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild so like you know just when I speak to my mom about this or how it was and all this stuff it's like yeah so then when you come here yeah like when we first came here um we went on the skiing trip and now that I think about it I think people must have thought the South African it was like me my mom my dad my brother my brother and we went with an, another family a Muslim fa family which I grew up with and South, mm -hmm. South Africa is also strange because the Muslims and the Jews will hang out cool so and, and that's it's crazy because it, we, we don't have the same because, yeah I can't even go into it but yes so we grew up I grew up with the Indians and the Jews and stuff. I don't know, because my family, mm -hmm. so I don't know what they thought of us when we kind of arrived here, these South Africans that I assumed, and they were like, you know, brown and white, and we're kind of like there in, in Beaver Creek. <laughs> and I just remember being like, what must they think of these? Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause the perception and you, you know, it was so strange. Like the, like the questions, you always get if you're from South from South Africa or you travel you're traveling. The large majority of people won't will say stuff like this, and it's kind of a joke. But they'll kind of be like, "Oh, you're so." They'll ask you, "So where? So where are you from?" You say South Africa, and they'll go, 
I have a friend in Kenya. No! No, I'm not joking. Oh my, God. This one, and my parents, and I remember being kids, right? And my, and my parents' eyes would just like rotate in the back oh of their heads and they, and, and they would just be like, well, La well, Africa, you know, is, you know, is not one country. It's just a whole continent, isn't it? <laughs> like, and they, so you must have a friend, you know, because it's like, you know, and it's kind of like this. But yeah, I mean, when I first came, Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I was intimidated. I think like, okay, and I'll end this. I'll let like Jens talk because I'm getting all like cross-wired with myself. But <laughs> like, the, I think there's a, there's a, and I think, so there was one thing when I came as a kid, but then when I came here for school, for conservatory and things like this, I remember um, having this thing that my, that my accent, it, I, I, I sounded like a brown mushroom in texture huh. and an American sound. Yeah, it was kind of like pushy and like weirdly, I don't know. And then like, I'd be around Americans and I'd just be like, wow, you guys seem so smooth. It's just like smoothly talking and, oh. and confident. And then I, the, the other impression, the first thing, the other thing I was in New York and I remember I was in a store and I said, oh, fuck my, I, 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 like, I kind of, I like, <laughs> said, oh, fuck me. And someone said, like a person just who didn't know me, of course, just in the shop, some guy, and he kind of turned around and he's like, don't talk about yourself like that. And I was like, yes. What? <laughs> what? And the third, and, and the third thing is that my gaydar went off. Like, yes. I couldn't, like, no, I couldn't tell who was gay. Who tell was who was and who was not. Yeah. And that was very much in New York less, but in, but in LA, I had a huge thing. I was meeting men and I was like, oh no, he's gay. And they were like, no, he's not gay. Nope. What? And it was all because of the sound and the South African men, because I swear, I swear to it, uh, like it's like a, cause the pay, cause the patriarchy is like very strong in, in the mm -hmm. third, in the third mm -hmm. world, right? So the voices are like nice and yeah. So, you know, if you're going to meet a man, He's mm -hmm. like really, really tall, talking masculine. Yes, he has to lower his. But yeah, it's like it's not because it's like less anyway. That's fascinating. Like all of those perceptions, I'm curious how the two of you intersected. Yes, well, Jens can not talk. Oh yeah, so um, mm. yes, I can. <laughs> this is uh, this happened, uh, I guess, around probably ten years ago. Yeah, and uh, so I was. I I'm uh, older than her, and uh, I'd kind of I I came to New York first uh, to study music, and then I moved back because I was already in a conservatory in Copenhagen mm. playing saxophone. Oh wow! And but when I came to New York, I realized that I didn't want to play jazz. I kind of I felt felt like it was. I realized that it was like a museum. Like, you know, like playing jazz is fantastic, but it's you know, like there's nothing really new going on and yeah. like people can contradict that, but I still believe that's true, uh, largely. But uh, so I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, so I moved back and did 10 years in Copenhagen of record labels and doing all sorts of stuff with some different people. And then I came back to New York. In the 2000s? Yeah, and then I, wow. uh, well, 10 years, yeah, a little more than, I don't know. And then, I was like moving back and forth and back and forth and you know like and then eventually I'm, I decided to stay in New York and get an apartment. Mm -hmm. I did and right after I did that I met Catherine. Ta-da! 
<laughs> and then she was like, yeah, great, but I'm moving to LA. Right now. So, uh, yeah, so it was like, okay, but, um, and then she got a, she got a, did some Shakespeare in New York City, she was going to see, she actually stayed a little bit longer and then, but then I had to go here, LA, and I was like, okay, let, I'll just go with her then. You know, like mm -hmm. when you find, when you actually find love and you know, like have that kind of relationship where you're like, wow, this is very special and I've never tried this before, then yeah. you kind of have to go, you know, like there's no choice. You gotta hop in. And I mean, he was very smooth with like the whole thing. I mean, because like, there's like an age gap or whatever, but like, you know, he said to me, you know, and this is like one of the best lines. I feel like men, this is like my PSA to men. <laughs> I don't know, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like, uh, I like, I think this is an effective, I don't know, I thought it was very smooth. An effective strategy. Yeah, it was very, it was very, it was very effective because, you know, Jens was very confident and pursued me like like a lot. And then I remember he told me that he loved he loved me and my response. And that's what and how I felt at the time. And this was before I'd I'd ever loved anyone. This was, you know, Jens was first, but and and I said, Well, I can't love, just so that you know, oh. that's very nice that you love me. But I mm -hmm. and I, I mean I was lo looking at him dead in the eyes, like <laughs> Like, um, well, I can't love, so um, thank you. Uh -huh. so, you're like, thank you for this, thank you for this present. Excuse me. Yeah, like, excuse me. And he didn't even blink. I mean, Jens has these big blue eyes, so he's like, he didn't even blink, just like stared, just stared me in the face, and he says, well, don't worry, you will. And I was like, oh. You know, it would just kind of like, I think there's some kind of thing where, yeah, and then, and then, and then, short, and then shortly after that, then I was able to kind of like, relax into right yes so i'm just saying that, that that's a very effective you know yeah well it was kind of like you know like before as i said before that i i'd lived in copenhagen and worked like all the time i worked worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and then at, by the end of that i i i wanted to move to new york but i, I wanted to live in rio de janeiro first oh. Whoa. for a while because I'd, I'd been there a few times and I loved it there so I was kind of like curious whether I was actually that where whether I, that was where I was supposed to live mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I went there and and I, I'd also done therapy during all this time of working like a year's yeah. intensive therapy but I hadn't really oh. had the time to kind of deal with it got it properly. yes it so takes a long to, time to collate that was that it takes a long time to kind of like let that settle in especially if yeah. you're in like deep therapy work first you like learn those emotional lessons but then you have to put them into action that's what takes longer is that even though you then you know when you have insight you have to then try out different behaviors and actually move differently in the world that takes a while yeah exactly and i and i so i kind of i went i moved to rio de janeiro just like after that and then i just kind of had an open blanket and had to figure out my next step in life it was like okay i'm gonna stop this work now you know like I, mm -hmm. I sold the company and moved on and um deliberately mm -hmm. and uh, and a lot of weird things happened there and then i kind of moved back and then I finally i came to new york uh, and eventually met you there like maybe not so long after that mm. but at that time i had so much kind of i'd really felt this 
surge of energy from the therapy and all that. I, and I'd loosened myself from all this work and blah, blah, blah. So I kind of like was in a place where I could just yeah, I think you pursue were, her like yeah. And I mean, we've I mean we've talked about this before. I mean, it's like you know that if Jens hadn't gone to the therapy, or if I had met him before the therapy, we wouldn't have been to get yeah, together. No way. I would never have done what I did if I hadn't done the therapy. Like a hundred percent, it wouldn't. Have, it would. I didn't really understand who I was. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, and it wasn't really that deep therapy. It was just like there was just some very fundamental things I didn't understand, and and after a year of doing that, it was just like everything kind of fell into place. I understood where I came from, Aww. you know, like my parents and family, and why I, I was playing music, and you know, like not just playing music, but spending you know like every second doing music and yeah. why that is and why blah, blah blah and why I my my previous relationships had all failed and mm-hmm. why this supposedly could which should be different and all that kind of stuff. Oh I mean as a therapist it's wonderful hearing this that I'm just like PSA power of therapy. Um yeah, no clearly I mean everybody should do therapy not just because there's something wrong with them necessarily but just because of you know like you also train every day your body you know like etc yeah i mean i I feel like i mean that therapy or whatever i mean it's going to become like one of those kind of like utility things like i feel like like it should start to becoming one of those like you know that it shouldn't actually it should be part of a healthcare plan that everybody as a therapist yeah of course. <laughs> because be... then you're going to take down all of this stuff you know like if everybody's in therapy like on and off all the time when they need to and yeah. they can do that i mean wouldn't you cut down all this man this mental health stuff but oh my yeah, god yes obesity and everything else right so <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's i think in the future it will be like you know like kids will have it in school and you know like it will be it's just yeah. a much more, it's a part of life that needs to be addressed, of course, much more thoroughly. And you can see now that every, I mean, how society is so nuts because people feel like shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. So how are you going to deal with that? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple, I, isn't it? It's a succinct way of putting it where it's like, if you are in pain, be that uh, mental or physical, you're going to act out that pain and they're intertwined. It's a holistic thing. If you're in, you know, because if you're in mental pain, that often results in physical pain. And if you're in physical pain, that often results in mental pain. And then you're upset. And then usually you get upset at other people. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of it snowballs from there. And And knowing that it's like, there are ways to avert this, like right now, like it's been very interesting being a therapist during this time. Uh, I say with like the most dramatic understatement. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) Um, But it has illuminated to me, like even during this time, like I expanded my own practice by five therapists on my team to handle like the people coming in. Um, And if any, yeah, it's been wild, but like, I want to keep that up because there are a lot of people that now are kind of out of like kind of the main crisis, but now it's the aftermath of what the crisis is. But also a lot of people have remarked exactly like Yen said, that it's like gaining this kind of insight into yourself. And even if you're not in therapy, like every week for the rest of your life, it's like knowing that someone is there and that you can kind of like do that maintenance and have that insight is really important. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's very, very true, of course. And, and you know, but I think there's a, there's a long way to go. You know, like even in a country where Denmark, where I come from, that's, you know, like presumably the most kind of advanced, advanced progressive, evolved yeah. society that we've seen along with the other Scandinavian countries, perhaps, uh, their therapy it's is not free. not free. It's like you therapy. have like, yeah. no yeah. subsidies unless maybe you're like completely far well, out. Well, like unless they book you into a yeah. psych ward. But then if you're just fine. a normal person, no. it's extremely expensive. Yeah, it's such a nuts thing. It's and, such a uh, nuts thing, yeah. And so, so you know, like there's a there's a long way to recognize even there. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to my friends in Iceland about the same thing where like, they were saying that they're like, oh, if you move here for a while, like you could definitely get a job as a therapist because we don't have that many and because it's not always subsidized and there and there's still kind of like a stigma against it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and, and it's like a kind of a strange... You know, because like the and 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 I think that this stat is like so so Denmark, right? Like was was nominated or said to be the the happiest place on earth, right? Yeah. But it's got the highest suicide rate in the entire world. Oh my god. Yeah. Now yeah. that is because there's some underlying thing. You know, they've got everything. Like you know, yeah. It's like. You won't live on the street. You have job like everything's done nicely. That's the fairest with the sexes. Kids have great lives. Mm -hmm. There's no mm -hmm. pollution. We're all on our bikes. We all have blonde hair. It's all great. <laughs> I mean, like I can go in, but it's like, but then there's this underside, right? Because we're not because you have it like everything's on a level. Mm -hmm. There's this melancholia. That's like yes. well, the the existential yeah because because you idea. have everything and then you're kind of like well as a Scandinavian what else can I have I you know I don't know I think it's more like you know like the more most things are taken care of the more time you have to think about and realize you know like your own your own stuff. Yeah, it, achievements or lack of them, or what life means and what you should be doing, what you're not doing, what you're not achieving, what all these kind of things that are once you have food on the table and all that stuff. So I think it's very interesting, like that that you actually there's so much depression and you know, anxiety yeah. in a society like that that basically deals with all the other issues that we're dealing with here in this country. Right. Trying to deal with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, at least now. yeah. And so it's kind of like the same. And the suicide rate is like more, and it's only 5 million people. Wow. You, you know what I mean? There's no people that you, there's not a lot of like, you know, here you're competing. There's lots of people to compete against. <laughs> there, there's not a lot of people to compete against. Well, of course, it's, it's yeah. I, well, I, well, yeah, but. I mean, it's, it is a small country, but it's the same. But Sweden has a pop population. What's it's like five times the size? No, 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 no. Less. No, no more, but not like I think they're nine million or something. Okay. Yeah, but it, they're, it, they're less densely populated, I think, because of it, the yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, they're way less. Like we're like yeah. we don't have mountains and huge forests. It's like, flat. They don't. Yeah. Completely flat. We have just you know like it's much more dense with people everywhere. So yeah, you're right about that. But well, um, what you're saying speaks to people then 
needing meaning because once you have like your needs fulfilled like your basic needs then it becomes like the next level of actualization is like well what's the meaning of being here and that can be very distressing if you find that like you don't know what your meaning is um (laughs) whereas if you're scrambling to get like food on the table you're going to be more focused on like you're in fight or flight mode you're you're freaked out but you're like okay i just need to get food whereas like and so you're not going to have that existential dread whereas then once you have those things then you actually have time to settle in and be like why am i here yes And and that's that's at least my theory or our theory on why it is like that in Denmark. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see it when you once you you come from there and then you live in a different country and then you look at it with a different perspective, of course, and you see things that people there don't see normally, right? Like when once you're in it. Yeah, I mean, like you can even broaden out the the mental health kind of thing, you know, in terms of like you know, I mean, I'm like I'm jumping a little bit off of scan of scandinavia but it's kind of the same kind of thing so it's like you know america has a problem with you know mass shoot shootings and people with this mental health and then they go and they shoot and stuff because of the despair and the blah 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 now in south africa we come from a violent society right there's lots of crime my mom's been attacked my best friend's mom's been shot my grand my granny was attacked like this is like and i'm not and i've had it very lightly so it's not like you know it's it's a high it's the highest crime rate in the world the highest murder rate in the world just as, like as a step but we don't have mass shoot shootings mm. not it's not another thing we have they this 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 ain't a thing that you're worried that somebody's going to come into a shop and start to shoot shoot up a mall we've never had that now from a country right with all this racial stuff all the stuff we had to come through, all the violence, and it's mm-hmm. almost 50% um, that live in poverty, which is less yeah. than, the Amer- than the American scale. But we don't have people, you know, it, it's a strange quirk, right? Because yeah. Americans, you know, so you've got all the guns here, but you don't have the violent crime rate, like the murder rate, because you've got like a developed world. Mm-hmm. There's something else that's going oh. on right but in you know, like the well, like, that's the existential yeah, despair yeah yeah but there's yeah. an existential despair in you know like this was a very interesting thing that my mom said to me this is so south african i don't even know so <laughs> she, she she's like you know so this one time this guy and she only phoned me like four days after this like my mom and my brother only told me four days once this like the that a guy that my mom like woke up uh so my mom runs and she's a runner so she uh-huh. was at like 4 a.m and she was she kind of like went out of her bedroom into the ki- into the kitchen and she kind of she opens the doors to let the dogs out we have lots of dogs and cats and uh-huh. Uh-huh. she kind of came back and as she came back into her room as she described it she said <laughs> just how my mom says it She's like, and then I walked back and I was in my gown and then this man loomed out of the darkness. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was coming, he kind of came out of her, clo- her closet <gasps> with a, a machete. Oh and, my God. Yeah, yeah. No, this is just like, and then, she, and then she said, and you know what I did? I just stood my ground and screamed at him. And I was like, mom, that's so weird. Just imagine this like, 70 year old lady in her gown and she's very slim she's very small mm-hmm. and she's like a blonde bob and she just like screams at your face she's she like holds the ground and she's like, ah! 
That would be legitimate. I, I would, I would and then the guy <laughs> kind of got such a shock yeah. that like he left, right? Yeah. And then my brother like chased, chased him and tried to find him. And the, this has happened twice, not just like once. And the thing what my mom said, you know, and you'd think, oh, she's a South, the South African broad and what she says. And what she said, she, she was like, yeah, but he only came in here. I mean, he's living a desperate life. Wow. Like, oh. yeah, exact, exact, exactly. You know, like they're doing stuff for death, for desperation. Yeah. And also an existential thing. Like imagine you find yourself, oh, I'm I'm mentoring a house with a machete because I'm gonna come, I need to find something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. But you're yeah. going, yeah. If basically, I mean, as as horrible as it sounds, if you're hiding in the closet with machete, something has probably gone very wrong in your life. And <laughs> so you're I mean, probably wondering, what am I doing like here? All, I mean, all this the stories of that, but it's just like a society like that that's also like yeah. when my best friend she's she lives in Germany now. Um because her dad's a German, blah, blah, blah. But um, her mom, like she phones me and her mom was in South, in South Africa. And it's also, and she goes, yeah, so my mom got shot. I was like, oh shit. And she goes, no, don't worry. It's just a flesh wound. I was like, cool. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> that's like, you know, and like that kind of like how you grow up like that. That's when I came to America. It was the first time I felt safe. Whoa. In, in New York. At 5, 5 a.m., I remember walking down the streets and I felt, and I'd never done that on my own. I'd never walked mm. the streets at like nine o'clock. You know, you, you don't like walk anywhere. You, you're yeah. in and your personal safety, you know, like growing up in, jo in Johannesburg, you know, when it was like, and we'd have to, and like the 90s, 1995, nine, and we were kids, small kids, and my mom, you know, we'd have to, as we would drive in, you, you weren't supposed to stop at stops at stoplights oh. um, because you could, your car could get high, could get hijacked. Oh so my God. You had to do a rolling stop. Like, wow. So you'd have to, so things were very kind of tense. The, there was, you know, each time you went into your house, like my mom would do this thing. So I, she'd pick me up from dancing. My brother from blah, blah, blah. I would be, you know, like six and we'd drive home. And as we, parked kind of as the gate was was opening my eye would turn around at the back and my brother would look kind of on his side and he goes okay kids time for the look for the lookout and we'd oh, have to yeah. look out for if there was someone waiting for us at the house to get into the gate wow and like that's how you grow up and things like that which is normal you know it's just like that's just how you grow up and if you know and then when you come here I mean, and when my mom came here, it was just, you know, yeah, like you kind of like lot like Los Angeles looks like Cape Town, like a lot of it, huh. like looks kind of the same. We have the mountains, we have the sea. I mean, uh -huh. Abu, you know, if you squint, you'd be like, that's South <laughs> okay, okay. Um, you know, and and my mom came here, and she was just like, you guys don't even have to lock the doors, and no, but it's, and I'm like, no, mom, we can just we can walk out like yeah no one's gonna come and you know and just for her just you know and she grew up in south africa where it was like that the whole time wow so yeah that's my well and that that sense of scarcity like you said that it's like that desperation that she expressed that it's like yes she did fight back with you know terrifying the person which i'm like good on her um yeah. you know that that's <laughs> it's a remarkably good technique i'm barely five feet tall and so i know i'm not going to physically intimidate someone and so my only 
recourse is to make them believe that I am more unhinged than they are if they try to attack me. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it it works surprisingly well. Um, But (laughs) but, uh, in in the way you're describing this, like that it pinged in my brain also what you were talking about before, like kind of like not having art and music and culture and expression. It's like, not only do you have like scarcity and division, but there's nowhere to express anything in a way. And there's nowhere to share in that. And that to me, I'm just like, Oh, like, I, I mean, obviously I feel for your mom because walking in and seeing someone loom out of your closet with a machete is terrifying. But I also feel bad for machete man. Cause I'm yeah, like, exactly. I'm like what, what's that person's story where I'm just like, what, what's happening culturally where you don't have anything to hold on to in a way. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the South, the South African kind of like, yeah, like, the question, like how, yeah. I think like the society is like, you know, it's been 25 years post-apartheid, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's amazing that we came through, through it. We're one of the only countries that could like, you know, we didn't have a, a civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, you know, things are functioning um, just, um, but yeah, it's a question about how the society is going to content continue. Yeah, this is like yeah. a yeah. This is like a it, like the pandemic. We did well. We didn't, you know, we took it seriously. But now, yeah, the society is also. I mean, it's at a at a breaking point. It's been at the last yeah three four years because economically well the problem there there is is fundamentally that they since apartheid ended they haven't really been able to um to lift address the address the poverty and all yeah so there's yeah you know at least more poor people now and you know like it hasn't really changed in that sense so there's a lot of anger and obviously frustration and so the whole thing is very 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 fragile and of course it's like it's a it's a one-party state mm-hmm. yeah so it's a problem you know like for democracy there is elections but they don't you know like there's the ANC always wins and it's pretty corrupt so nothing really changes until that eventually the democratic yeah. system will change yeah but I think it just takes time you know like that's like the thing like we're very very young so you're watching mm-hmm. it it's almost like you're watching like this very young, like in terms of time, tw- 25 years in, in history time is a second. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of like, you know, when they look back, I'll be like, oh, 25 years. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, all what Yen says is true. And yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of strange, like being outside of the country. It's kind of like you see the country in a, in a, yeah, it's like when you're inside of the country and when you're outside of the country, you see it in two different ways. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, it's a... But I, I want to actually say something else about, not yeah. not that yeah, necessarily, you... but just one kind of vision on this or, or something. You know, like, you know, they, that um, the American cultural export has kind of been very, you know, like heavy on most countries in the world, like since mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. how many, 50, 80 years, like... Oh everything from jazz to you know like hip-hop and rock and levi's and blah, yeah. blah and i just read like the other day that in denmark 
normally the working party is the social democrats who would like you know taking care of the most concerns for working class people etc mm -hmm. now they actually like there's another party like the far right party in Denmark. In Denmark, this is Denmark, like the most liberal society in the world. Yeah, but your far your far right is is far right just because it's, it's it deals with the immigration. It's, immigration. it's not with healthcare and but all that stuff. They really... they have they are now trailing the social democrats by like a few points. So this whole what's happening here with the Republican Party and the whole thing with Trump yeah. and populism is also being exported. Yeah. Wow. So all the stuff we're seeing here is it's, actually it's is, is moving yeah. and, and going around like that because people pay attention to this and then they see all this like how to deal with media and being yeah. all mm -hmm. on TV and blah, blah. And it's just, it's just going there like with a rapid speed. It's insane to watch. Well, and especially now when like, it's very strange to think about that in some ways, like action was paused for almost a year, but media yeah. was obviously not. <laughs> and so in a way, like we were trapped either consuming or creating media for a year. Oh my God. Yeah. I never thought about it in that way. <laughs> <laughs> like we're in place, just creating the media. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, because it's interesting because like talking to people who are in the creative arts and also outside of the creative arts, um, it's like, what do you do when outside action has essentially ceased? Like we couldn't travel, we couldn't, we couldn't do the things that we normally would do. And so in a way it's like, how do you create this world within yourself? However, we've all been taking in all the things that we see like on our phones and on our computers and it's like we're taking in all of this stuff and now it's almost like things are starting to slowly spin up again and it's like okay well what are we going to do next <laughs> yeah. no i mean like this like this is really like this pan this pandemic stuff i think like you know i'm one of those people that enjoyed the big stop like yes i i i as a creative and i think there's a few people in creative things that think that this is great. And I think it's like, if you like to make work and make it on your own and the best part of like your artistic practice, oh my God, I hate these words, practice. But it's like, you know, like if that's like what you like the most and what I like the most is the making. I don't really, I don't, it's not the showing. It's not the, it's not the bubba. I like the making. That's where I get my sense of self or I feel good about myself. I feel good about the work. That's where it's the best, where you just in the thing. Yep. But a lot of people aren't like that. So I was like, great. So we don't all have to compete. We yep. can just sit and we can just make. Can and I don't have to like compete with you. I don't know what you're going to do. And even if you are doing some, something, it's all, it's, it's all closed. So, you know, so it was just freeing and relaxing. You know, I think for, for all the creative arts people here in, I think in LA, the, the most in Europe, it's not the same because here, it's co it's commercial 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 yes. no one really cares like that's cool that it's you got your art creds and stuff and they're like but what's the content yeah like content you know, you know it's it's just like yeah it's a different way so yeah i mean i found it great that that it shut down i'm finding it a little bit and i don't know if you find this hard or not or if your clients well i don't know i don't know if i have a question no i do i do <laughs> have a question that like you know I'm finding it like more stressful that it's that it's opening up 
and then yeah. we're going to just like start to compete again and now it's now i feel that the co- the competition is like the hung the hung the hunger games like yes. neatly like it just it's sped up and like we all know it's not working completely but mm-hmm. like we don't want to be like left off the platform but all the thing like all the arts things aren't exactly working. I mean that in in a neat right. economic way. Like the music industry is in the toilet. Right. Um, all the ma- the ma- the magazines around it, like your fashion, art, blah blah blah, are collapsing and actually don't make a profit. Yep. So it's like okay, so we have a problem, but no one can fix it. So mm-hmm. everybody just has to kind of still be alive. You kind of just have to be. Well, I'm alive. I'm yeah. alive. I'm still here. Pick me. Look at you me. Me, I'm doing yeah. a live stream. <laughs> but it's not really functioning, right? Yeah. It's kind yeah. of like it's, and we all know. But like, yeah, I'm finding that hard to square. I'm kind of like, yeah, but the panic. I, I don't know. I'm sensing it. Or it's yeah, just- it's interesting you say that because people are experiencing um, a lot of anxiety about things starting again, simply because we've experienced a huge trauma, and so th- that makes sense. Um, and so I've talked to a lot of people about like that they're excited to like see their friends or they're excited to do things again, but then they feel like kind of floaty and disconnected or they feel anxious about it or their social battery is lower than they anticipated. Um, and so like all of that's really normal um, because of what we just went through. And so no one's doing well. Whenever someone's like, oh my God, like my friends are going to think like I've totally lost it. I was like, no, no, we're all unwell. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so good for me. To, yeah. Oh my God. That's so good. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Go on. No, because no, that's no, because that's a fear. I mean, like, there's one thing that I'm, I'm never been a social. Like, I'm always like, oh, like, but like, it's gone even like more deep. And I think that, yeah, there's like some kind of thing. I don't know. Like, I'm sensing a change in how people. Like, some somebody said to to us, and I think that this is a very profound scary cool and terrible thing all at once uh-huh. that like the new cool eco- economy and this was is how happy you are and i was like mm-hmm. and then showing that to everyone that like there's this new kind of thing where like i'm ha- happy where i am and i'm happy and that is a thing that everybody is trying to run after now. To like, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some kind of a statisization of like happiness, but like, not like in a blog influencer way, but more kind of like, I mean, do, do you understand what I mean? Like, yeah, it's I, kind I, of like, like what, what popped in my head was like, I'm content and happy with being medium okay. Yes, 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 yes. And it's like, no, no, I'm like on fire about this thing because it's aestheticized as well because it's become like an image. Like you'll see like how everybody will post these things about like my anxiety. Yes. And I'm like, I guys, I'm going to post about this. Like it's vulnerable. I'm like, it's not because you've been told that this is how you juice your your social platform. Mm -hmm. It's like all these things. And then it's kind of like, okay, but I'm waiting for somebody instead of being like my anxiety being like my suicidal ideation Mm -hmm. that's like a little bit more extreme like you know yep yeah I I kind of have a thing with it it's become kind of like yeah it's kind of like guys I'm sharing my my vulnerableness but it's not you know that's not vulnerable because vulnerable is when you're actually taking a risk of incurring rejection 
fast, slow clap. That was <laughs> exactly no. I <laughs> yeah no because it's obviously like it's all a theater on yeah. Instagram and etc. Like to, everything is about presenting yourself, even if you're trying to be honest about who you are and whatever. Like it's all like you're like you're you're basically curating everything. Yeah, and, and this is normal, you know, like for for band, brands. bands and brands, and but now it's also for everybody. You know, like every single person is doing that, curating their own life in the public sphere. Sphere. Yeah. Of course, that's a huge uh, change from just a few years ago when no one did that. And it's very strange because now we get to, in a way, experiment with what it's like to interact with our real selves again, because for the last year or so, at least in LA, we've been interacting with everyone's like, it's almost like their little chimeras that they've created. It's like their little personas that are online. And that's what we've been interacting with. I was talking to someone last night that um, he's gone out to dinner three times this week because like, I guess like his friends are in town. He was working on a commercial mix. He's an engineer. And so for the most part, he actually works alone and he's been working from home. And it was funny. Cause like, I was like, Oh, I haven't heard from you that much this week. Like you've been very social. And he's like, yeah. And like, he just didn't even know what to say about it. I was like, how do you feel? And he's like, I think I feel good. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's like, I, I'm not sure. Um, but he remarked on something interesting, which was prior to the pandemic, he would distract himself sometimes from his work by being sociable. And during the pandemic, he realized that that was a problem, that he was like, oh, I'm actually sometimes escaping from the things that I actually need to do or want to do. But sometimes I, I worry that I'm not going to do them well, or I don't want to focus. And so I, I go out and do something else instead. And he's like, I didn't have that option. Um, and he's like, now I kind of have that option again. And he's like, I realized how like tantalizing it is. Um, and he's like, I want to, I, I don't want to do that though. He's like, I feel like I learned something really important during this and I don't want to engage in that behavior anymore. Um, and so, and, and I said, yeah, I said, you know, it's all readjustment. I was just like, you know, we're learning how to do things differently. I totally get it. I was just like, you know, just keep an eye on it and remember what you learned. And it's strange because we're learning how to take who we were like in the pandemic, merge it with like who we were before and yeah. like come up with a new person um that That's we so true yeah. oh <laughs> I'm, I'm ha having like a freak out about what you said on <laughs> no it's like so true no because it's because I mean it's kind of being said like you know like the glow up you know and like all these things like who's going to come I think I think there's an anxiety as well like okay yeah. so you created this 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 humulacra this this avatar your famous kind of construct construction of yourself and then, uh, and I've spoken to so to social media people before about it. I mean, also like the rise in in people videoing themselves versus like a still picture, yeah. trying to prove right that you be like you're trying to prove. Well, I I look just as good in like I like it's not a fake. Yeah, like yeah. they like they all these things, right? So like when you're meeting, um. Yeah, like this whole thing about like, so like, I feel like there's this unsaid thing, and maybe it's just me, I don't know, <laughs> that like, we all kind of are going, well, who's going to come out of this the best? Mm -hmm. You know, like who actually took all this time to actually be smart about it? Who's made the right choices? Who's who's lost the 20 pounds? Who, you know, like... 
it's yeah i think the pressure to come out of it like solved i've solved myself right. I had it and i've solved it <laughs> and it's so strange because i'm like did you come out of this alive like yeah, exactly. great yeah. you did it <laughs> like did you survive a global pandemic during like the potential collapse of society exactly. on the planet great <laughs> like you're here <laughs> No, but that's so true, but it gets lost, right? Because it gets lost because it's like, you know, we all kind of, yeah, we just consume all this, all this, all these, these, these images that we don't even know that have no relation to us. And then we yeah. have our normal lives and then you see, yeah, it's, it, yeah, you're, you're completely right. I mean. And it's, it was a potent, nah, it was a potent <laughs> time for creation. Like you said, like you could just go within because the two of you like just went within and created stuff and we're like, cool. Like, we yeah, but we, are, we, are, we, but we, I'm a very specific yeah. and intense we, and binary individual. Like, in, like in, 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 in practical reality, our lives didn't really change yeah, that much. That, you know, like <laughs> it's, it was more the things around us that did yeah. because we basically, you know, like work from home, made art and music together, together yeah. before. Yeah. And uh, Catherine is extremely introverted. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and, so it's so in that sense it was it was actually in some way you know like easy for us and and I didn't you know, like I felt bad for everybody else who was gonna lose their jobs etc. Yeah. Um, for us it was pr probably easier than most people, and we have a job where you know like we can just sit down and do it ourselves. We don't have to. So in that sense, for us it's like a whole different situation, and now it's opening up again and now you that, that it's more this actually for us that's a, stressful stressful yeah, I, I, um yeah i mean i think it's like i that that hunger games thing i think people in the creative arts as well because things have been closed right now there's like a log jam yes it, so there's so so everybody had stuff that fell apart or didn't work you know like we 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 were supposed to go to south to south by southwest right like mm -hmm, that, that, mm -hmm. like that yeah now that that was a small thing that didn't that didn't work out for us now there's lots of other people that had all of those things their book shows blah 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 didn't work or they were in galleries and all the stuff so now it starts to to open up and i think because of all the the supply there's just too much Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that 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 it is like this thing where everybody's fight fighting to be seen in this digital sea i feel mm -hmm. like you know and i think there's everyone around us that i think is in this right i would say has this kind of anxiety about it at all i i would feel i think there's like a i mean not to be too dark about it i mean it's kind of like a like a it like a despair that has no emotions attached to it do you know because it's like yeah it sounds almost like an anxiety that doesn't have like a root it's just kind of free-floating just at things exactly and i think that because we all kind of like i think what i was saying to you it's like we all know that it's like you know that it's not working properly 
because right. and like as we can see like our systems are trying to are having a tough time on all ends i mean we're having a tough time with democracy so um you know like there's fat there's fascist stuff there's all these like I ideas there's space and we're all kind of feeling a little bit like mm, um because it's not yeah I, and and I feel like the people in the arts and stuff, we have to sit all day and kind of think about like new, exciting, creative uh, ex uh, things that people, you know, like when you're trying to like think conceptually like that. Yeah. I think I think there's like a lot of yeah, you're trying to find like a place where like you can see these systems functioning. Well, and also you spoke to something that I found really interesting, which is that people have produced things during that time. I related to that very much and that I produced an album during this time, but chose not to share it last year because I was like, I don't feel like this is the time for people to be listening or trying to seek out new music. Yeah. Uh, but now there's this like, there's going to be this outpouring of new music and you're included in that. And I was like, I guess to both of you, like, how does it feel to be letting some of that go? Does it feel like it's getting lost in things? Does it feel like you're connecting with people? Cause that's one of the joys of making things is to share them with other people. I know. And like, that's like the thing. I think that there's a performative, I mean, Jens, you can, you, you actually say first what you feel about this. Cause I actually don't. Well, I feel <laughs> like, you know, like as of someone like us who uh, has a band who is trying to make music that no one else is making, you know, like we're trying to, you know, like just, have our own little you know like league and mm -hmm. making genres and doing stuff that no that other people don't do it's a it's like it's always kind of like you know like you want to put it out and then you always get disappointed no matter how well it went it goes yeah yeah it never goes as well as you want want it to because people don't, just don't understand you know like the normal people right <laughs> Well, they don't get it what we're doing and that's that's a thing that you kind of have to understand in this particular situation with how you you know, like when you release music you put it out and you have to have press agents and all that stuff going on otherwise you would never get anywhere like you know like you you have it like there was a huge like the internet gave music a huge democratiz democratization right mm. Mm -hmm. that everybody can put out and do their own thing and blah, blah, blah. But if you want to get through, really through, you have to, you, you, you need the system still because you can't do it on, on your own unless you're really lucky or have a, something that everybody just loves. Yeah. So I think in many ways, it's the same as it was before. There's just, mm. it's, just it's actually harder now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's harder, but I also think that we, we're living in a, a different age. It's the age of the image yeah that's it. like that's really how i feel it is and i mean it's also like so it's the age of the image and then you're in an art form which is almost and i and i describe it in this way it's like it's in it's the invisible the invisible art form because it's yeah. like hear it and things like this but it doesn't have the cultural impact of you know yes there's some pop hits and these songs that like you know kind of come out and like you know your pop stuff and all that stuff but like you know mu music used to be this like magical ooh, force you know this the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s and then the 2000s like you know just you know and and i'm not just talk talking about like how the business or whatever it's more just about the perception of how important it was. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, there's one I want to say, say, you know, like 
it's also, I think one of the huge differences between now and before is that now we have everything available like all the time you know yeah. so you put you 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 see someone something and then you click on play and then, and you, then you don't have to invest you in literally it. You to, yeah yes if you're yeah. bored within you know like whatever time you you're going to move on mm -hmm. and that's a just a massive difference from how everything was before in the sense of just not just the, like the people making the music yeah. but the ones perceiving it the listeners well yes. i mean it's it's that and then it's like tied back into how music is put into image platforms so things that i don't think work and i don't think have ever worked right like in a real way like so all of your massive stars right down to your rendy stars all have aesthetics right and the aesthetics are very very important to, exactly. to to the band or the individual because your not your numbers have to rise on all the plat the platforms and what are the platforms they are visual platforms <laughs> but you are doing an unvisual thing that should actually lead right because that's actually the metadata is the music now and not like the the actual the front yeah I'm yeah. so glad you said that because I was, <laughs> I was like, I was going to make a piece of content today um, explaining to people why artists say pre-save our song on Spotify. Um, because people don't understand that when you pre-save a song, that pings to Spotify that you like that artist, so you're going to see that. But it also pings to them that it they look at all the other artists you like, and they'll be more likely to send that song to other people who like that artist and put it on playlists. That means that then other people who like that stuff might then listen to the artists you saved, and that artist is going to get more plays and reach more people. And of those, say, hundreds of people, maybe a handful of them are going to become, like you said, like those people that really understand your music and that you're speaking to but until it's like a numbers game where you, you have to find those people but they have to hear your music somehow yeah um and yeah. so like it's weird because people don't um and why would they instead i feel like i'm looking through like a clothing catalog yeah yeah no i mean that's I mean, <laughs> like, um, no i mean look i mean i know this like in a in a direct way you know like i know that it doesn't matter what i post on instagram okay now i can post the bit like i can be being like look this is us in lay in lady gun this is or this is us in blah 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 you know i can really mm -hmm. if i put a, and this is not just and this is not a boastful thing about my face this is about like every girl mm -hmm. if you post a, a selfie on that grid it will get 300% more likes than yep. anything else I do, yep. which really gets me, which really gets me, okay? Yep. Because it's like, you know, we're told all the time, right? Don't, you know, girls and their anxiety and what they look like and blah, blah, blah. And then, but they mustn't and da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, but we're still living in this world where your face is a weapon for society. Like mm -hmm. it's, you know, so, I get annoyed on that. And then I also, and, tech, and TikTok's great and things like this. I mean, I like look at it and it ter terrifies me. And then I'm just kind of like, yeah. And then I'd love to look at it. And there's some really great things that I think are smart and they're using it in these like cool ways. And it's, I, I also like the funny aspects, but again, it's all the image. It's all the image. 
yeah, yeah I, you know and one more thing about that also you know we kind of we've kind of lumped everything together yeah scrolling on the internet yeah it's all kind of this content it, you see some little tweet you know like yeah. three lines of text yeah. and then you see a picture Tweets, memes the image and then the you video, see some, and then news. you see music so you and you on each particular thing you're spending a few seconds or whatever like how long but actually going from that to oh now i'm just going to listen to this five minute song or this 25 minute album or whatever Never. like you just don't do Never. that you like you you get used to the quickest consumption yes and I, think, and i think that also is difficult to get out of for people to to regain the patience of whatever it's something that's long yeah that then, patience is a skill you have to practice it yeah. exactly and uh, and then one more thing i'll say about the the image um this is a thing that yeah that I kind of feel that since, right, so all these musicians, bands, art stuff and everything. So the image is the front facing thing. And it's a very, it's almost like I would say 65 to 75, depending and, and that and that percentage can go up um, of what's important, right? Mm -hmm. In the branding thing. Okay, so if that's the case, then if artists aren't making their own aesthetics, mm -hmm. then we have a problem. Right. So if you're hiring, okay, because <laughs> it used to be back in the day, right? So if you're a band or whatever, then you get a band photographer, you take some real film stills, you'd get this guy who's shot this guy and that guy, and then he shoots you. Okay, great. And then it would maybe be seen in like Ro Rolling Stone and all mm -hmm. of this stuff pre-pre-pre-internet then the internet comes about blah 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 and now we're at this point where you know all the software is so is open there everybody is is doing all kinds of aesthetics like online all the time blah 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 and everybody can find anything re research any, anything learn blah 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 but and the image and what you look like is a or how you present yourself and how you're doing this whole construction is like half of what the art is. But mm -hmm. then these people that are very, very big are only making about like 10%, right? Of like the real what they're presenting. Yeah. And I find that as somebody that's make is making a hundred percent of it, I, I find that hard to take sometimes. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, because most people don't, they're not as no, direct diverse. I'm con I, I like the, I like the control and I like, I like learning. I like new things. I like that. Great. And like, I, it's my skill set and I like to do things like that. And, but all that I'm saying is, is that we're in the age of the, the, the image. And then when people, yeah, are being, yeah. What I find a lot of the times is that there's there's a praising of somebody of being like, oh, like they're so cool. I'm like, yeah, but they didn't make that. <laughs> Ad agency made that. They didn't make it. They had a ten creatives. Their stylist is really cool. stylist, and then a brand who came on and was like, hmm. And I'm like, but and then then yeah. So. Well, I can I can add to this grievance. <laughs> 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 about you know like when they when they when people like indie artists or whatever you want to oh, call man. them they they so the 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 press release is always like 
I directed it's like, it. This is this is uh, something really experimental and special and stuff like that. And I'm always like, wow, that's 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 what I'm into. And then I listen to it, and then it's like just normal. Yep. And <laughs> the only reason why they say that is because it it's sounds because, cool. No, well, because it sells. It sells, yeah, it sells like being like indie, experimental, and and like yeah, and yeah. and and like all this stuff now, like. I mean, we've been doing our own stuff and creating everything for a long time, but it's like, and now you see people being like, and then, you know, this girl's like, and I do, I directed it. I'm like, okay, but then did you do the edit? Did you do the post? And who's doing the light, the lighting and who's doing mm-hmm. the makeup? Because like, I, I understand that you can arrive on set and you have this idea and then you've got like 50K and then you can make it be done. And then you've got a whole like professional post team. Like, Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you can, like, yeah, I have lots of thoughts on this. <laughs> well, and especially when you're a multidisciplinary artist and you actually are doing all of those things. From what you're saying, it does also strike me that, like, there's importance in um, crediting the people who did the things. Yes. Where you yeah. are. Like, I and love, that, yeah, I love yeah. when people actually give credit because even if they are posting something that, like, they had a teamwork on, I appreciate when people then post like, who's the stylist? Who did makeup? Who did lighting? Who did, where it's like, you're saying like, yes, I'm the person in this post, but here's the people who made this possible. And I really like that if people work together, I'm not saying like you have to do everything 360 DIY like we do, because I don't know, we, it's, it's the way that we're working at the moment, but it's like, you know, and I, and, and I think it's like great and, and everything, um, I think it's, I think like the frustration comes where it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. How Disingenuous. To, yeah. I, or it's kind of like, I kind of feel like, um, you know, like a lot of, like, I, I think, I think the thing for me is I've, I've experienced and I, cause I sometimes will have to be like, okay, this is done all by me. Yeah. And people won't, won't believe me. Of course. Yeah, that's true. People believe uh, again. So. No, 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 no. I've had it in real life. I've had it in real life with friends of ours that like, I, I was in, Co- we were in Copenhagen and uh, I was showing something I made or something. And then somebody went, no, but who did this? I was like, no, like, I did it. Me. And then and they're like, you, you mean you made all of this? Yes. How many times? I mean, I'm saying this on my Instagram every time I'm saying it to press. I don't know how many times we've tried to say it. And the frustration for me is like, no, no. There is no one on set. There's no ma- there's no makeup artist. There's no one doing the v- the VFX and post. There's no one doing the post stuff. There's no one directing me. There's no grips. There's no nothing. There is nothing but myself. And trying to communicate that uh, to people, they refuse to take that on board. Sometimes I've I've literally said, being like, no, no, I I make that. And then I meet them the next day, going, did you really make that? And I'd be like, okay. Or, or I've had people ask me, like, they'll see something that I post, I've made some, di- some digital work or something. Mm-hmm. And the question is, how did you make that? And I'm, my response is with my imagination. Or sorry. Um, you know? So it's so, I think it comes from that, where it's like, yeah, like people say that they kind of, I'm a creative and I'm making all the stuff, but like, yeah, I'm actually making all the things. Well, and some of that speaks to, that's why I was curious if people did that to Jens too, because some of that speaks to some of the misogyny that we encounter as female artists, where people are just like, did you make all of that? Are you sure? Exactly, exactly. I think that's very true as well. 
that it's it's a, it's a gender draw. issue yeah. as yeah. well especially I, I you know you know what i found like it's it's uh the music thing sure because it's all like what synth are you go going to use man i mean there's a whole joke about that like synths and like men being all into like let me flex my synth thing yes. with you and you're like i don't care about a synth okay so then i'll say this in the end says is that i found that the massage not the misogyny but the but the unbelievability it's not like okay so if i think girls in digital work so like i kind of uh, I, I i can render stuff i can teach my you know I, I i'm doing all kinds of stuff and like the most quick questions i get and it always comes from men and it always comes from my digital kind of tech work hmm. is you know because if it's rendering and stuff you kind of have to spend a lot of time in the computer and do sure. all of your things it takes a long time it's kind of and it always comes from men and it's never from girls that ask me. It's always men going, how did you do that? What programs did you use? Huh? And you're like, how fat, how, how strange I'm using the ones that you use. Right. And then, and then I'm always kind of like, and then you tell, you know, and I've kind of, and I've spoke, you know, and I, yeah, like I found that that's a real thing. Like it has to do with, the more tech the art looks, like the more that it looks like it was made in a computer, the more they don't believe that you've done it as a girl. Yeah, which is so strange. There's a documentary that just came out about how a lot of electronic music actually was pioneered by women. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that, yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, like in, in the arts, to be a successful artist, you need you need a lot of kind of self belief and yeah you know like egotistical maniac energy yeah <laughs> like big dick energy yeah no yep. you, you yep. need to pretend that you're a conceptual male artist from night from 1985 <laughs> like walks in the room it's just like i need my latte you, you know? basically <laughs> need to convince people that you are the second coming <laughs> of uh, everything and no uh, i seen you know just like male creators you know and also when you meet them at Diana's and all kinds of places and just like kind of there's not a second guessing you know it's just yeah. like and I'm like wow you know like Jens will sometimes say to me like you need to like be more like a man here you, you know, and, and I you know you've you've said that yeah, yeah no I, I mean we all you know quite a lot of artists and uh some you know very successful ones and and a lot of times th those who make it big are just the most crazy egotistical you know like idiots they're also great like loving and yeah clever and intelligent and beautiful people but a lot of times they're also really self-obsessed and think they're the best and that's like the kind of thing that you need and you the kismo yeah yeah, but I, but I was to fool the world. Yes, but I wasn't brought up with that. Like I was brought up to have a machismo was like gauche and like mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm yeah. wondering how to channel. It's almost channeling that sense of like egotism, but in a non toxic way because you do need to, in some ways, convince people that your art is good so that yeah. they will pay attention to it. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like convincing them of that, but not becoming egotistical in a destructive way where either you, like you said, like you want to stay like kind and connected to other people. And like, 
I love that like the part of my brain that goes here I'm just like I wonder how to summon that selectively (laughs) (laughs) but seriously I mean like that's like a skill I mean like women need to be taught that you know I think women are taught that now more and like everybody's talking about like "Mm, my girl boss I mean that's like so weird but like um yeah I mean I just was like told not you know it's much more attractive (laughs) not to be this way and for the most part that's kind of true if you're around men don't you know men aren't exactly you know like if I suddenly turned around and was like swinging my big dick around at the at the dinner and being like yeah I piss gold yep. and uh, I think the sky is black and red. Eat me, bitch. You know, exactly. like, it wouldn't, you know, because like that's essentially what the, the, you know, it wouldn't work out. It right. wouldn't work out. You right. wouldn't have no friends. You'd have no career. So for women, it's like you're supposed to be all like, I'm self-assured and shit, but it always has to be couched in a diff- in a different way than it is with men. Yeah, it's that it's that trope of like the woman that didn't know that she was so beautiful and pointed it out in my script. Like what? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! But it's also, I mean, I, I, that's all true, I think. But also, I would say, you know, just personally speaking, mm-hmm. I kind of had to change myself yeah, to be true. more egotistical yeah to, to kind of uh, you know like to realize what it takes to be an artist you know like i i spent like a lot of times in my in time in my youth producing other people's records and and um you know like doing stuff for other people and then at, at a point as i tell, said before about the rio and whole that, that i kind of changed from that to i wanted to be my own artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and to make that transition, I had to realize kind of like, I am special. You know, like I had mm-hmm. to tell myself, no, you are, you can do something no one else on this earth can do. Mm-hmm. And you have to stand up to with that. And I didn't realize, that, you know, like I had to, you know, like you kind of sometimes, I don't really feel too good to be you know, like out in the public and bragging about myself, but you have to, there's just no way out of it. Yeah. I think that town, this town taught you that as well. Yeah, coming I mean, here. It took, it took you like a while. And also, you know, you saying all that stuff, you know, as a man and like this machismo, you know, you see these kind of guys here from CAA, you know, and everybody's like, you know, you know, and, um, uh, you know, the thing that, that's different that Jens has is that he's very self-assured, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have this thing where he feels he needs to let everyone else know that he's self-assured and I'm always like yeah but that's what everybody wants they they like you have that inside thing that like you're like no no I'm fine I'm fine inside and that but like you don't machismo you know like like a lot of yeah, you know, we've talked about well, that. yeah. that's showing off. It's almost like how you said where you gave room for her to actually love you where it's like you're like no we're cool like it'll happen. But then I see a lot of these these machismo men or, you know, you'll go to a Hollywood, like, big par- party, you know, and you'll mm-hmm. see, like, you know, these kind of, like, you know, these people on the make and they're in the jeans with the shoes and I don't, I've got a whole thing. But, you know, like, you know, and everybody's, like, you know, 
uh, and, and it'll have happened to you a few times where you're at like a party like that or a few or, or even when it's more relaxed and everybody's kind of yeah, like I, I've, I, it took us, it took me kind of a while to learn how it's actually done here. Like it's mm. not a good idea to tell anyone if things aren't going well, first off, that's just for, you know, in like in, Dan, like in Denmark, like if somebody says, how, how are you? It's not weird to be like, I have just been through a depression, a depression the last right. six months. You know, I, I don't feel good now, you know, and, you know, and then they'll just go in, they'll just go in. Yeah, and it's kind of like, and they'll never, and it's also seen not too too cool to kind of be like, it's going great, right? right? It's kind of, it's the it's the inverse. Where it's here, you 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 could be dying in your bed, and you would be like, I'm doing great. I'm great. I'm great. I'm doing so great. I'm so great. I've learned so many things. <laughs> you know, I'm just like I'm great. <laughs> You know, and and it's really a thing here. And I think that that also causes a thing when you come out of the, pande- the pandemic, like you're being told, okay, yeah, you can tell about like your anxiety and like my anxiety and I'm blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you can't really be too real because if you're a little bit too real, then it becomes like, yeah, there's an, there's an intimacy thing. It's but, kind of like... Yeah. You know, like, I'm not saying that we all have to walk around and just, like, open our chests and just, like, cry and be like, it's been hell for me, you know, right. or whatever. But it's just kind of like this thing that you, I think there's an anxiety with that, where it's like, you're going to meet people, and specifically in this town where your friends are your friends, but it's business related, and then you're, you know, it's never... You're all tied together. Yeah, it's kind of... And you don't know where the line is. I feel like yeah. that's where people, I think that's the thing I would I think say. what you're saying about the anxiety, 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 it's like, you know, like it's still a theater. If you can tell about it now because it's it's legal in that it's theater to, to, to say about to it. But, say, if you, yeah. but if you say something that's too horrible, no one's gonna like that. Yeah, but that's like the thing, where is the line? And I think that everybody's trying to like, is ner- nervous of the line. How much are you supposed to say? How much of a, how much are you supposed to, yeah, are you supposed to kind of like share with another person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with public. In a real, oh, in a real well, way. Well, like in a real way, because we, because we know kind of how to construct our our di- our digital lives, right? Like what's acceptable. That's why we would yeah. say. But it's like in real life. Yeah, yeah, that too. You know Isn't how? It, we, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. my hope is that after this, we do bring more kind of like tenderness to each other, where we are able to navigate like how much of ourselves to share where you don't necessarily want to overshare with someone because that might be burdensome. You want to be selective about who you share with really intimately, but to have like tenderness and grace towards each other where you don't have to be just like a persona. Um, Now that we get to see people again, it's like, exactly. I'm very hopeful about how we can choose to do that where it's like okay we can show up differently for each other now especially in the arts where it's like okay how do we actually at the very least be neutral as opposed to competitive because we all know that the arts right now are like I just imagined all these like fish flopping around yeah um like (laughs) no no one knows what they're doing um and so (laughs) like just be kind to each other and know that we're only out here putting out our music so that we can connect with people who like our music like that's it (laughs) um the simplicity of that is like very refreshing 
Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's my hope coming out of this, like talking to different musicians about releasing art and talking to people, even in like the visual arts fields as well. Like a friend of mine just had a gallery opening that it's literally just like, Hey, I just want to share something with you. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of be more gentle. Like it's okay to be gentle with each other. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, like, that's like, that's like the thing. It's kind of like it can like I, I just that thing that you said the gentleness I feel like we we all know we need this gentleness like it's been a little bit like rough yeah so like not just and I think it's like across the board and like this kind of yeah and I just hope that it would be like that and, ne- and everybody I feel wants that like a gentle a more gentle kind of I don't know but then it's also like we broke time uh-huh <laughs> like we broke it so, like you know and like so that's this like non-time non-truth uh, non-reality construction right and we're all right. kind of like okay how do we fit in our very hum- human flesh into this you know right. into these like like art molds yes speaking of time the two of you have been so generous with your time and i really okay. appreciate that the two of you have been such a pleasure to talk to yeah, well, well you, you too. Well, you <laughs> I mean, hey, we, we, we wouldn't be here if, if we were like, okay, we need, we need to get off this call. No. That's yeah, no, so no, you, thank you so much for, yeah, thank for you. doing this. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.